Welcome to Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax, every Saturday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. My mission is to stick to the three P's, delivering to you advice, guests, and data that are practical, profitable, and plain English. I'm the owner and team leader of Platinum Realty Team here in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. We sell our clients' homes in half the average time and for 3.8% more than the average area real estate agent. So what does that mean to you? Well, look, if you're looking to sell your home, we have you covered because I have over 886 buyers right now actively seeking a home here in the Delaware Valley. Now, these buyers are on retainer. They're pre-qualified. They're ready to make an offer on the right home. So visit warrenhasthebuyers.com to match up your home with one of these ready-to-act buyers now. That's warrenhasthebuyers.com. So if you're looking to sell your home, this show is it's all for you, all right? A lot of folks in the Delaware Valley, they start out trying to sell their home, but at this point in the year, a lot of these homes are not selling. So we're gonna give you the best tips for how you can get your home sold fast and for top dollar. And with me now is Tony Esposito from Platinum Realty Team. So Tony, we've got more than we're gonna be able to get to today. Uh, we've got this report with 27 seller tips, uh, plus we even have a 40 staging tips report. So let's just get right to it. Um, looking here at this list, you know, it, it seems like, you know, keep the reason that you're selling to yourself. I mean, that that seems like right off the bat, you want to, you know, keep that to yourself. It's, that is so important. Uh, so many times a seller uh, thinks that they, you know, have to sit there and tell the buyer why they're doing stuff. Well, that's great. It just costs you thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I remember very early in my career, um, I had had a, um, a seller and we we're getting a lot of offers on the home, but they were under where he had projected and I had said to him why he, he said why are we getting these low offers and I said are you home each time because I was hearing certain feedback he's like yeah I want to tell them all about the house so if they have questions I'll let you know he's telling them how quick he had to get to Delaware mm. so the seller of the home was there during showings and this is, is actually one of the other tips which is something we want to talk about yeah. but that's a great point so so if I understand you correctly, you, you, you listed this property for sale, and it was an attractive property at the price where you had it priced because it was getting showings, it was getting offers, and that indicates that it was priced correctly. Right. And yet, offer after offer was coming in at a low number, and the seller's unhappy with that number, and yet it sounds like the seller almost caused that problem. Uh, not almost, unfortunately. I hate <laughs> to say it. He did cause the problem. <laughs> uh, that's why I always tell – and again, on the flip side – I, I always tell sellers not to be in the property. Just leave. If they have any questions, that's why you hired me. Just I'll direct the question, you know, answer their questions. If a, if a buyer has a specific question about their home, it'll come to me and I can get an answer for them. Just like when I have a buyer out and I see a seller mm -hmm. in the house, of course I always talk to them. And one of my first questions is, why are you moving? Sure. Because they say, I just got a job transfer and I got to be, you know, in Atlanta in three weeks, that's great, man. We're, we're going to get a smoking hot deal in this house because he's desperate. He needs to sell it. If he says, ah, you know, just, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not in a hurry. We know where we're at. But it well, and that, people... that can be a problem. See, I think the perception that sellers have is that they're going to facilitate the sale better. It's my home. I care. I'm going to. And look, if you don't trust the agent that you've hired, well, then that's a problem. Right. OK. But be clear. Uh, uh, 
a highly successful agent with a lot of transactions under their belt. And I don't mean a lot of years on their license. I mean a lot of transactions under their belt. That's the true measuring stick because that's the real experience is how many transactions have they done. So, you know, that agent is going to give you this kind of advice and you're going to have to trust that agent because I, I think where you're going with this, and I, I know I agree with you, is that when when the seller is in the home having conversations with buyers and buyer agents there's almost nothing that the seller can say that will help the no. sale because the house is really selling itself unless there's a specific question about a specific feature in which case your point is the buyer and the buyer agent will ask that question and we can re and we of course reach out to the buyers after the showing to get feedback as well and to find out if they have any questions so it's not a reactive approach no it's not and and as funny as it is when the buyer's in the house, it make, excuse me, seller's in the house, it makes a buyer ve feel very uncomfortable. Uh, what do buyers do? They want to open up closets. They want to open up drawers. They want to open up stuff. Sure, they want to feel like it could potentially be their home. And, and again, and the the buyer doesn't care about, you know, Johnny had this bedroom, Joey had that bedroom, the, the whole thing at what, you know, they, they had done with the house because the buyer wants to have their own memories, their own experience, everything in the house. So in turn... Also, what you did to the house, you did it for you. You didn't do it for this particular buyer. I've always said, Warren, if three of us took $50,000 and said, go to town on a house, we're going to have three completely different homes. Just because you did this and you liked it and it was expensive, that was great. You did it for you. You didn't do it for the next buyer because the next buyer probably doesn't like it or is pro probably going to rip it out. Well, possibly. I don't possibly. know that I even agree with the word probably because sometimes we make that assumption. We say, well, I'm not going to fix anything because they're just going to rip the place up themselves. And I think that's a mistake. You want the yeah. home to obviously show well. Uh, it, it's funny you say that. We had just had a um, a listing in Yardley. You know, it was priced fairly high. He had for Mike countertops. And I said to him, in this price range, you have to have granite. He went and he put the granite in, sold the house pretty quickly, and come to find out the new buyer wound up taking out the whole kitchen but that's the reason he did get it sold because he did that that's why we were we got buyers through there so even though he had the seller had spent the money on that granite it was money well spent Very because well spent. it got the buyer to like the home in the first place see right. what they could do the fact that the buyer after well, look if i'm a seller and i get my check you do whatever you want with that that's home. it's your... <laughs> yours now okay yeah. so you rip out whatever you want as yeah. long as the money cleared the wire hit my account i'm good to go yeah, that's it that's that's, a, that's what the, that's the most important thing to the seller is did, did i net the most amount of money that i wanted for the house and the timing, of course, and all of those I, other things. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So listen, we're talking about 27 tips to help you sell your home fast and for top dollar. And you can get a copy of this free report. Visit the website 27realtytips.com. That's realty spelled correctly, R-E-A-L-T-Y. So www.27realtytips.com. Dot com. These are things you need to know, mistakes you want to avoid, you know, when you're selling your home, as well as tips in order for you to maximize the sale price of the home. It's Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax from Platinum Realty Team. Remember, I'll buy your house if it doesn't sell. Call me directly at 215-945-3000 or visit www.warrenhasthebuyers.com for more details.
So we're speaking with Tony Esposito from Platinum Realty Team about this list, these 27 tips. And, you know, one of the tips here, Tony, kind of dovetails with what we were just discussing. Um, allow prospective buyers to visualize themselves in your home. So you brought up a great point about how if a seller is standing there hovering over the buyer or even the seller's agent, they're not facilitating the sale because they're making the buyer uncomfortable. I would also point out that... Um, my personal possessions can potentially be a hindrance as well. What I have on the walls, what I have around the house. So maybe you could talk about that. That's a great thing. When, when people talk about staging and stuff like that, one of the most important things is decluttering, but also taking down personal pictures. Uh, because then even from a subconscious point of view, it's not, it's somebody else's home. One of the other things is too, and guys will always be guys, I say, walk into a lot of houses that the sports memorabilia is out and it's absolutely great stuff. I, I wouldn't even generalize about gender on that anymore, but you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, if I'm a diehard Eagles fan, which I am, and I walk into your house with your Cowboys stuff on it, I'm walking out. Yeah. The other <laughs> I, know thing, that, I, I know that's not the way it's supposed to go, but in this town it is. But the other thing is, even if they have a lot of Eagles stuff, you're looking yeah. at that and you're, you're never, it's all you remember about the house. You yeah. don't remember anything about the house and you're not buying that house because all you want remember is, oh, did you see that autograph picture of this? Did you see the picture of that? Did you see the jersey of that? That's what they're looking at. No, it's a really good point. So first of all, anything that's too much is just too much. You're absolutely right. And then also, you're right. Stuff like that, you want them focused on the house. You don't want them focused on your cool stuff because yeah, you uh, you're not buying The that. features of the home is what you want. That's what they're there for, the features of the home, not... Uh, and it's it's tough because I sit with, when I sit with buyers when we go through the home and they start to say certain things about the furniture or this or the next thing. Mm. I always tell them you're not buying this. You're buying the home. Is is the room big enough? Is uh, you know does it have the space you want it? Is the condition you know wh where you want it to be? Is the location where you want it to be? That's what's important to a buyer. And that's what sometimes I think a seller just doesn't realize. Seller needs to think of themselves as a buyer. What would I be doing? What would I be looking for in a home? Price, size, condition, location. That's the four most important things to a buyer. Can you say that a little faster? Sure, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> price, size, condition, location. Sorry. Uh, I always focus on that when I'm talking to a buyer, that that's, that's what they're looking for. And when I talk to a seller, I tell them that's what buyers are looking for. We have to think of ourselves as a buyer when we're selling a home. That's great stuff. Um, let's, let's look at the next one on this list. Before you set the price, do your homework. I mean, that seems pretty obvious, right? But mm -hmm. again, what do, what constitutes homework when you're talking about pricing a home? I mean, we were joking earlier uh, on, on last week's show that, you know, the mailman's always wrong. And yet, how many times in the, over the years have we had, you know, folks who told me, well, the mailman said homes are going for X or homes are going for mm -hmm. Y? Why isn't the mailman a real estate agent then? <laughs> that would be a great question, wouldn't it? <laughs> because when you're doing your homework, I always say a home is worth a range of value. There's a range, okay? And the motivation of why you're selling it, and you know, when we talk about timing fast, whatever it is, it's we want to do it in a certain time frame. If you have a little bit more time, maybe you're at the higher end of the range. Well, but in terms of, of doing homework, let's give people some specific advice. Okay. So clearly you can do online research. Clearly mm. you can you can you could get an appraisal. Right, you could pay the money to actually hire a professional appraiser to give you an opinion of value right. on your home. He will give you one number. He that, or she. Yeah, he or she will give you. One. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly what a buyer will pay. Sure. Uh, one of the best things I tell um, a seller, especially if I think that the seller is 
looking at a range that is over the range value is, why don't we just book some showings of homes that are in you know similar to your homes in the area, similar size, the whole bit. Act like a buyer, go out in the neighborhood and see what other homes are going for. I, I think that's really, and, and that's the term where I would use going for, we're asking, you know, what does the competition look like? Yeah, well, that's yeah. what you're up against. You're up that's against competition. Great. Certain areas, there could be 10 homes for every one buyer. That's, that's a great tip. So look, if you're looking to sell your home, remember, I'll actually buy the home if it doesn't sell. Visit warrenhasthebuyers.com for more details. It's Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax, from Platinum Realty Team. Remember, I'll buy your house if it doesn't sell. Call 215-945-3000 to get your home sold now. Or visit www.warrenhasthebuyers.com for a free report. The details are guaranteed sale program. So we're speaking about selling your home for top dollar you know, in with the least amount of hassle in your time frame. And with me is Tony Esposito from Platinum Realty Team. And Tony, we're going through this free report, these 27 tips, and you, you, you made a great point just before the break about how if you're a home seller and you're really curious what's out there, hey, act like a buyer. Act like a buyer in your own neighborhood, right? Do some mystery shopping. Yeah, uh, again, go, go into homes that are similar to yours. Look at it from a buyer's perspective, especially when you're putting a price on your home. If I was a buyer, would I buy this house over my house? If the answer is no, I will buy my house over this house, okay, then your house may be better, bigger, nicer, whatever it is. That's an adjustment in price. But if you're looking at stuff that says, wow, these homes are so much nicer than my home. These homes are so much bigger. They're so much more updated, whatever. You cannot price your home at that point. In turn, So, so to do that, um, just ask your real estate agent. Yeah. Right, let's do, let's be clear. We're telling people just go into these other homes. No, uh, no. You can't just march into homes. No, you know, no, you probably just, not. <laughs> just no, the, the, the real estate agent you hire should be should be suggesting this stuff to you. But certainly they can do it. Is the no, point? No, not if, a problem. If you suggest it to them, that's perfectly fine. So if you say to them, "Hey, you know what? I'd really like to get a sense of what's out there. Mm-hmm. Would it be okay if we spent you know a few hours and go look at four or five of these homes? You know, in the area, could we could we do that? I, I, there's no way they're not going to be happy with that. That's that's going to help them help you right. to do this for an right. hour of their time. It's it's well spent. No question. And the other point you want to make is you were talking about you know comparing your home with the other homes. Remember. The price that's on that home is the seller's asking price, right. okay? It is not the sold price. So when we're talking about how to price your home, obviously the only, I shouldn't say obviously, but to be clear, the only thing that matters is what's actually selling, okay? Mm-hmm. Anyone can put any number on their home and ask for it. Hey, I could sell my stuff at a garage sale and put millions of dollars on the little tag that I attach to it. It doesn't mean anybody's going to buy my old junk for millions of dollars, <laughs> right? But it, but I have the right to ask it. And it's the same thing with homes. We, we know that only about half of the homes in this area sell. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you go into four homes, know that two of your neighbors are overpriced at least. Right. And depending on your neighborhood, it could be even more. Right. Depending on the price range, the neighborhood, et cetera. So go in there <clears throat> knowing that that's the way it is, but you're definitely going to get a great education if you go out and do that legwork yourself. And I don't know about you, Tony, but I've had plenty of folks that I I offered this to who just didn't feel like doing the work. You know, right. home sellers said, no, no, Warren, we don't, we don't want to do all that. Well, okay, but I, I think it would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... It... It's, it's, it's tough for a seller. 
sometimes just to go into other people's homes and, and grade their home. I, I can understand why they don't want to do it. Uh, I think if it's explained to somebody in the right context, it's a lot easier for them to understand it and be more. The biggest thing is be objective. Mm-hmm. That we all think we have gold when sometimes we only have bronze. That's the or hardest at least thing. The silver. Sometimes silver. The Olympics are coming up, so <laughs> right. be prepared for a lot of gold. Right. So. <laughs> All right. Next, next one on the list is tax assessment. What do they mean? In our area, they mean nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just know that. Um, but no, this is a really important point because there are parts of the United States where the tax assessment means a lot to a homeowner. Right. The 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 assessment changes, and my taxes change each year based on a change in the assessed value, and it's very structured. The The property taxes are a, an organized system where maybe it's 1% of assessed value every year or, or something like that. That's very common around the United States. So if you've moved to our area from one of those organized parts of the United States, you may be wondering, what is going on here in the Delaware Valley with this property tax assessment everybody's house seems to be assessed differently the the number that i pay in taxes there's no seemingly organized formula i don't know what a mill is but i'm paying a lot of them <laughs> right so understand that in our area the best way to know what you're going to pay in property taxes is just to look it up in the public records and look at what the property taxes are for the property because the assessment is obviously it's not anywhere near what the property is worth. In a lot of parts of the country, they assess at market value. Right. So that's what can be confusing because you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, I just paid $250,000 for a home and then I got this tax bill that says the assessment is $22,000. What does that mean? My house is only really worth $22,000? No, it just means that they don't reassess in our part of the country like they do in other parts of the country. So look, we're talking about these 27 tips and you can get access to this report. Visit the website www.the27realtytips.com. 27-R-E-A-L-T-Y-T-I-P-S.com to get this free report. It's Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax from Platinum Realty Team. Remember, I'll buy your house if it doesn't sell. Call me directly at 215-945-3000 to get your home sold now. Or visit warrenhasthebuyers.com for more details. So we're talking about these 27 tips with Tony Esposito from Platinum Realty Team. And, you know, the next one on the list, Tony, deciding upon the agent to sell your home. So we, we've done entire shows on this topic, uh-huh. so we don't need to go into too much detail. But are all real estate agents the same? I mean, is it just a matter of no. going with you know my cousin that just got their license yesterday? I mean, what's the big deal? No, the house it, is just going to sell, right? No, no. There's the, the agent is very important, and, and really just uh, the briefly because we could talk about a whole show just with that is is just look at somebody's track record, look at reviews, look at what um, uh, testimonials from some some of their other clients uh, just because you've been doing it 30 years doesn't necessarily mean that uh, well one one home a year for 30 years is, is 30. 30 i always <laughs> you know it i always say is that, yeah, well. how many homes have you sold in the past 24 months a yep. lot has changed in 30 years if somebody's doing it 30 years it sure wasn't even five years ago the way things were done versus today hmm. so really how many homes have you sold in the past 24 months that really gives the it that that in my opinion the criteria of experience success the whole thing with somebody that's the numbers that you should be looking at i would also want to know what kind of continuing education they're doing 
Um, you know, we, Tony made a great point there. The real estate market does change all the time. This seems very self-serving, but but this is a big deal. We we get calls all the time from folks who are stuck in bad real estate transactions, mm. begging for help. And uh, the, the, there's a natural tendency for me and maybe for other professionals to think, why didn't you just call me in the first place, God? So we could have avoided all of this. It's a shame. And, and, you know, that happens a lot. And mm-hmm. so th- this is real. It does make a difference. Who you choose to represent you in this is a very, very big deal. And, you know, to your point, Tony, about recent experience and market changes, understand that think back just five years ago. Okay, we were in a terrible real estate market with foreclosures and short sales everywhere, and it required certain skills to thrive in that marketplace. And as the market has shifted back in the other direction, it requires completely different skills. Many, many agents who I know who were thriving in that bank-owned home world Mm -hmm. are out of real estate altogether today. Okay, so their skill set for that market was great, but for today's market, it's not. So it's really important to understand, you know, how someone is, is you know, transforming themselves and staying ahead of the curve. Listen, every profession has this exact example where it's critical to stay at, at the front edge of, of the curve. And so that's what we're talking about doing. Uh, we want to talk about these tips, 27 tips. And the next one on the list is getting an honest opinion from others about your home. What do you think of that? <laughs> the, the question is, is who's the others? Right. Okay. Um, ultimately, when you're doing it, you, you, and I always go back to what, what does a buyer feel about my home? And that's the biggest thing of the objective point of view. Um, of course, you know, friends or families always want to say, oh, your home's the nicest one I've seen the whole bit. But what really would a buyer say about your home? What would their opinion be? Sometimes I've had really difficult conversations with sellers about that. At the end of the day, I tell them, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't give you this opinion. That's why you hired me. Um, We could sit there and we can agree with somebody. Or most people, whether they say it or not, they all really want to know Really, the, the the truth. They they don't want it sugarcoated. Just say it to me People straight. People appreciate the truth. I agree with you. Nobody wants to hear it up front necessarily, but if it's if it's you know tactfully presented, that's, that's like, yeah. people absolutely want the truth. I agree. So look, if you're looking to sell your home, remember, I'll actually buy it if it doesn't sell. Visit WarrenHasTheBuyers.com for more details. It's Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax from Platinum Realty Team. Remember, I'll buy your house if it doesn't sell call me 215-945-3000 to get your home sold now or visit www.warrenhasthebuyers.com and we'll send you a free report that details our guaranteed sale program so it's now time for mortgage matters with local mortgage market expert dawn sharapoff from green tree mortgage company lp how you doing, Don? I'm okay, You Warren, knew I would say you? the LP, didn't you? LP. I'm great. Thank you. And what I thought we would talk about today is very basically, what is the difference between an FHA loan and conventional? Everybody's heard those two words used very often, and it sounds like it's very basic that everybody would know the answer, but nine times out of ten people don't, and it causes them, causes them a lot of anxiety as far as figuring out which would be the better path for them to take. So before we delve into that, though, I just want to do a couple of short definition of terms which will that we'll be using through 
the compare and contrast of those two. One is credit score. Of course, we all know what a credit score is, but which one is used when you go to qualify for a mortgage? It's your median score or your middle. So all of us who have credit scores have three of them. We use your middle score or the median, but if there are two borrowers or multiple borrowers on the loan, on a loan, you always draw to the lower median score of the two. So first definition of terms is which credit score do we use? Second would be loan to value. The acronym for that is LTV, loan to value, means what is the amount of your mortgage as it compares to the value of the home? And in a minute, when we get into the differences of FHA versus conventional, you'll see the significance of that. The third term is private mortgage insurance, buzzword PMI. PMI is paid whenever you put less than 20% down towards the purchase of your new house. Whether it's FHA or conventional, just a little preview of what we're going to talk about, you will pay PMI if you put less than 20% down. And the last thing is seller assist or seller concession. That's when you roll or finance your closing costs or a portion thereof into your mortgage. So FHA versus conventional. Which is better depends on the borrower and depends on what you're trying to accomplish. But in looking at that, an FHA loan, you can put it as as little as 3.5% for your down payment. Conventional, in contrast, minimum down payment is 5%. So if you're a little strapped for cash, obviously in that example, FHA would be your better option. Second thing, credit score requirements. FHA, you can have a credit score of 580 or better and potentially qualify for that program. Conventional, your score needs to be a bit higher. Minimum credit score for conventional is 620. Next thing, PMI. Remember, that's private mortgage insurance. You pay private mortgage insurance on both FHA and conventional mortgages. Conventionally, you only pay the PMI if you put less than 20% down. FHA, you're going to pay PMI regardless of how much money you put down. Now, the question that comes up all the time as pertains to PMI is, does my PMI or my private mortgage insurance last forever? It depends. If you go FHA, regardless of how much money you put down, your PMI will last for as many days, years, or lifetimes that that FHA loan exists. The only way you get rid of it is by refinancing out of the FHA program. In contrast, conventional. The conventional PMI does go away. Go away, fall off, disappear, whatever you want to call it, when you get to the point that you have paid your mortgage balance down to, one of our definition of terms, an 80% loan to value. So quick example, you have a $100,000 home that you're purchasing, $100,000 mortgage. You put 5% down and you finance with a conventional mortgage. Once you pay that $95,000 principal balance down to the point where it equals 80% of what the original home amount home loan was, then your PMI goes away. So in our example, $100,000 purchase, you put 5% down, so you have a $95,000 mortgage. When you pay your balance down to to $80,000, excuse me, then your PMI goes away. Does it happen automatically? Does it and should it are two different ways (laughs) to say it. Should it? Yes. However, in all due respect to everybody involved, buyer beware, buyer be conscious. In other words, when you believe you've reached that point of 80%, call 
call your lender, call the company that is servicing your loan at that time and say, hey, I believe my PMI is about ready to, to go away. What do I need to do to make that happen? Okay. Um, property condition, which we've talked about before, and I think that this plays a role in which program you potentially should go with, whether it be FHA or conventional. There is a possibility that FHA appraisers are a little more stringent than conventional ones. So if you're looking... You know, so you're, you're, you're making great points here, and I just, I just want to wrap this Please. up by pointing out that, you know, essentially, the, these are great guidelines, and so what you should do is talk to your mortgage professional, get a good idea of what's better for you. If it's FHA, right. if it's conventional, you know, Dawn's given us some great things to think about here and, and really going into some great details so that we understand what the options are. And so what you want to do is you want to get the best possible financing on your home. So what you want to do is go to our website, 1210financing.com. We can get you a report on exactly how to do that, get you in touch with Dawn so that you can get one of these programs. It's Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax from Platinum Realty Team. Remember, I'll buy your house if it doesn't sell. Visit warrenhasthebuyers.com for more details. So now it's time for our tax tune-up. And with us is Kathy Atkinson from Innovative Tax Solutions. Hi. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready to get tuned up. Okay. I wanted to take today to discuss potential capital gains on the sale of a primary residence. Um the law changed back in 2008 or 2009. Before, we always used to have to take any potential gains and roll it into a new, a new property. That's gone. So instead, they're giving you an amount that you can exclude. If you're single, you can exclude up to $250,000. If you've owned the home for the last two out of five years, you've lived in the home for the last two out of five years, and you have not excluded gain from any property within the last two years. Now, if you're married, that can go up to 500000 as long as everybody meets those requirements and you file a married filing jointly with tax return. So how do we determine gain? This is where everyone gets mixed up because I always hear about how much they paid off on their mortgage. That has nothing to do with it. So what I'm going to look at is what you sold your house for. Then I'm going to take off some expenses of the sales, real estate commissions, your transfer taxes, any legal fees. Then we're going to subtract off your basis in the house, your original basis. What constitutes your original basis? Well, the amount you paid for it, plus some of those expenses of sales, the transfer tax, the legal fees, the recording fees, all of that. And any other improvements you may have put into that house. You added a sunroom. You paved the driveway. Anything that has a useful life over a year, that gets added into basis. And then when that's all done, that's your gain. Now, if it's under the 250, you're fine, but you still might have to put it on your tax return because of the fact that our lovely IRS doesn't know the basis that you have in the property. So they'll automatically consider it a zero. So if we are a married couple and our house sells for $650, you're going to get a 1099S saying you sold this property at $650. You're over the exclusion rate because they're giving you a zero basis. So you've got to put it on your Schedule D. You put on the sales price and you subtract off those expenses and then you put your basis on there and then you come up with your gain. If your gain is under $500,000, it's totally excluded. 
and and the the schedule d does do that for you so it, it gets reported so the irs can see it but it doesn't go into it doesn't flow to page one and get included in the calculation so this this is a really important topic because obviously this comes up especially as markets rise again mm -hmm. when the market was tanking nobody was worried about capital gains on their <laughs> primary residence exceeding 250 or 500. so a couple of points you brought up that i want to just touch on number one um, you know, single versus married, and, and however the law is defining married, it's important to know what that is. This is this is one of those topics. Why you know when when gay marriage was in the news and every day, this is one of the the important issues there because you're talking about an entire class of people who in the past had not been able to get this tax break, who now are. So that was one of the major fights. This is a big deal. So this thing I love about real estate, it touches every part of our lives, right? So there's that. So that's important to understand for people to know, you know, what they're looking at. And then when you're talking about basis, which is a big deal because I'm always about lowering taxes, okay? So I want that basis as large as possible. I want to be clear. You said any improvement with a usable life greater than one year. Correct. So if it, does it have to still be in the house? If I did an improvement, so you, you use the driveway for an example. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say I bought the house 25 years ago. Because let's face it, people who are in right. this situation typically have owned their home a long time. So if I did my driveway 50, you know, five years into my ownership and it lasted 10 years and again. then I did it again, mm -hmm. are both of those added to my basis? Mm -hmm. So I've improved the property twice. Right. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, yeah, the, the law states useful life over a year. So it doesn't still it. have to be in existence. So if I, what about I did a shed, and then 15 years later I ripped the shed down? I wasn't trying to play gotcha. I'm just curious because I'm putting I, a shed in my house this summer. So I understand. Care. And, and the thing is, but I would pay, pay devil's advocate with you. When you sell that house, there is nothing allocated to that shed. Right. So I would say in that case, no, because they're not buying that shed. So the shed's gone at that. Yeah, point. I think. But at if that the point, shed's still there when I sell it, correct. That's a factor. You okay. know. You, a lot of people finish their basements off. Right. So. Okay. Um, now, there are some exceptions to that two-year rule. Okay. Sometimes it's a change in employment right. where you can try to get a waiver for that. Or a change in the health of the taxpayer, too. Or this last catch-all that I love is an unforeseen circumstance from when you bought the house. What does that mean? Death, unemployment, uh, divorce, legal separation. Hmm multiple births in the same pregnancy any of those could help you get out of the potential gain okay so do you see why i'm always saying you need your own tax professional that you should not just do your own taxes i in a million years i would have never guessed that having twins means that i can save more on my taxes beyond just the typical child credit so please 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 hire good tax professionals okay and remember if you're looking to sell your home i'll actually buy the home if it doesn't sell visit warrenhasthebuyers.com for more details it's keeping it real with warren flax on talk radio 1210 wpht Welcome back to Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax from Platinum Realty Team. Remember, I'll buy your house if it doesn't sell. Call 215-945-3000 to get your home sold now. Or visit www.warrenhasthebuyers.com and we'll send you a free report that details this program. So if you're selling your home, we've, we're going through this free report for you, 27 tips to help get your home sold fast and for top dollar. And with me to help you know go through this stuff is Tony Esposito from Platinum Realty Team. So Tony, we were, we were running through some of the tips on this list. We, we can't possibly get to all 27. Right. So you know people are going to want to visit our website to get that, 27realtytips.com. Um, 
But the next one is, is I guess it's kind of a catch-all for curb appeal, making sure that the home appears well. That seems pretty obvious, right? But but we want to talk about some specifics to help people. It it, it does seem obvious, but it's not obvious. Um, it's, it's the summertime now, so let's just go right with that real quick. Cut the lawn. Uh, it's just amazing how many people, when I'm working with buyers, we go into it and the, and the lawn's not cut. But I'm saving $25 okay. by not paying the neighborhood kid and to that, do it. And that just costs you $25,000 because people don't want to walk in your house. That's fine. <laughs> if that math makes sense to you, that's great. I got plenty of things I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. But No, uh, we're joking. By the way, that sounds like an exaggeration. It's not. Yeah. Okay, when you have poor curb appeal, it means nobody comes through the house, which means you have to do price reductions just to get buyers through your house, which means you get lowball offers from investors because they're the only ones that are interested in it because they figure you're in trouble. Because if you don't have the money to cut your grass, they assume like sharks swimming around that you're in trouble. So mm-hmm. you know that that twenty five thousand dollars that Tony threw out there that was not an exaggeration. Yeah. Tony is prone to hyperbole from time to time. <laughs> not me, but only you. But mm-hmm. that that is absolutely true, and it could even be more than twenty five thousand depending I, you, on the house. You could have the Taj Mahal inside, and people just don't go in the house. Yeah, it's a shame. Th- that, that's yeah. that's the problem. I, I, there's many a times that we just when they say I'm just not interested in the house. Let's talk about the city a little bit. So, you know, if you're in a row home in the city, obviously you're not worried about grass. But here's what's really important. Your front door. Okay. Your front door is your curb appeal in the city. Okay. Uh, You know, I can tell you walking in and out of so many row homes in the city and even, you know, you see this with with the nice condos. But, you know, for row homes, make sure your stoop looks really nice. Make sure the front door is painted and looks really nice because that is your curb appeal. And that's Uh the first impression that the buyer has of your home before they've even gotten in the door. Their agent is fiddling around with the lockbox trying to get into your door. What does the buyer have to look at? They're looking at your brick to see how well the brick is pointed. They're trying, they're craning their necks, trying to see your flat roof, but of course they're not gonna be able to from the street. And they're looking at your door. Right. So that's something that's not a lot of money, but really make sure your front door is appealing, it, whether you're in the city or the suburbs, but particularly in the city. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like washing and waxing your car sometimes. Uh, you, you wanna talk about curb appeal? Power wash your house. Yeah. Who, who even thinks of that? Just power wash your house. It looks it looks new. It looks fresh. It's clean looking. There's even services where they'll power wash your roof. Uh, again, yeah. we're back to suburban houses now with, with an a, A-frame roof, that sort of thing, um, where absolutely that will give a better impression of the roof home. Roof looks new. That. Yeah. yeah. That's, it, all these are small dollar investments. Right. I think you and I are on the same page about big dollar investments. Typically, redoing a kitchen for $50,000 so that I can get an extra $25,000 yeah. on my asking price isn't really a great investment. No, no. Yeah. It, again, financial sense it doesn't make. But And I'm exaggerating with that 25. Just to be clear, the studies show that you... You get back 87% of what you invest in a kitchen when you sell a home. Uh-huh. So you just lost 13% of the money. Why bother? Right. I mean, of course, the, the home remodeling guys want you to do it. But that now is not the time to redo a kitchen or redo a bath unless they're unlivable. They're not working. But we're talking about short dollar things that you can invest in so that you net more in your pocket. Uh, let's talk about odor. Okay, we've got different senses, right? We're talking about sight. What you know? Let's make the home look good. How about smell? It's a, it's a very sensitive subject, and ju- just for the record, I have a couple dogs, so I I can say it even more. But I walk into my house, I don't smell a dog. Okay, I live there every day. 
Okay, I walk into other people's houses, I can smell a dog right away. I, you can cigarette smoke, whatever it may be. And I'm not saying not have a pet, not smoke. It's Again, it's everybody's individual, right, what they want to do. What I am saying is, is when a buyer goes through a house and they smell a dog, they think it never can get out of it. Well, you know what? Shampooing the rugs and fresh paint usually gets rid of smoke smell, dog smell, whatever it may be. But, but it's perception. Does, That's a great point because yeah. what we know can be done, the average buyer does not know. Right. So we have to live in the world of perception a lot of times instead of reality. That's a really, really good yeah. point. So listen, you can get a copy of this free report, these 27 valuable tips to help get your so home sold fast and for top dollar. Visit www27, the number, 27, realtytips.com. 27, R-E-A-L-T-Y-T-I-P-S. Dot com to get this report. It's Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax from Platinum Realty Team. Remember, I'll buy your house if it doesn't sell. Call me directly at 215-945-3000 or visit warrenhasthebuyers.com for more details. So we're running through this list of tips, important things to do to maximize the sale price of your home. Um, and you were talking about odors. Anything else you wanted to add on that? No, I... I Candles, positives. Yeah, yeah. Posi so we talked about let's, negative let's, odors. Let's we talk want about to eliminate. Positives. Yeah. I'm sorry, positives. Yeah, yeah. Many times people bake bake cookies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bake the cookies. Leave the chocolate chip cookies outside. Let me tell you. Or, excuse me on the counter. Put a little thing on there. Take one. You'd be amazed how buyers love that. The agent always loves that because they're getting free food. If you want real estate agents <laughs> to do anything, feed them. Yeah. Trust me. Just so, feed us, and you, you're off to a very good start. I, again, you're you're dealing with something that's a, it's a sick it's it's a six-figure transaction. Get a six-dollar candle, a good scented candle, you know, um, with it. That really helps, especially even if you don't have pets or smoke or anything in the house. Just the scent of the house it helps out with it. So uh, that's that's a very inexpensive, in my opinion, great tip. But I do like the cookies better, oatmeal raisin preferably. <laughs> Well, I thought chocolate chip was the best, well, but okay, I'll let you go with that. Uh, look, next one on the list, keep emotions in check. Boy, that's a big one, <laughs> right? Because let's face it, this is a home. In many cases, this is the home where um, I've had lots of memories in my life. Maybe I've raised my family here, but you know, had personal memories, parties, things like that. So let's be clear, the buyer doesn't necessarily view it that way, do they? No, that's the, the buyer, really, I hate to even say it this bluntly, but could care less. Um, the second you put your house up for sale, it becomes a business transaction. And that's the way you need to look at it. Seller gets a home, gets an offer. Oh my God, it's so low. I wouldn't do it. No, it's a starting point. You had a starting point. The buyer has a starting point. Keeping the emotions in check. To me, that's our job as an agent, to keep everybody's emotions in check. So, so many times I'm involved with even another agent who has their emotions into it. Mm -hmm. Very, very difficult. I understand it's their brothers, their sisters, their relatives, whatever. But again, this is a business transaction. You have to. You don't see people in a big corporate boardroom yelling, screaming, all Sometimes. that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, Sometimes. I know. <laughs> but no, you're, but, you're. Yeah, it's a great point. And and this comes. You know, when we talk about emotion with selling a home, it starts with your asking price, uh -huh. and it goes all the way through to the negotiation of the sale. Uh -huh. So when I say it starts with the asking price, again, we have to remember. <clears throat> this was mom's house. This was the house I grew up in. That matters to me, but I can't put a price on that. 
and you can't put a price on no. that. But we can't expect buyers to value it differently than they would the one down the street. And it is a market. That's one of the things I love about this business, of the many things I love about it. And, and the markets are true. So the information is out there, and your home is going to be worth whatever your home is going to be worth based on Let's face it, a buyer, when we're talking about price, there's other important things in an offer, but when it, we're talking about price, a buyer's going to try to pay as little as possible to get the home they want, and a seller's going to try to get the most they possibly can for this asset. So we want to recognize that the emotional part of it, we have to do the best we can to try to you know, stay out of that. So listen, you're, you're listening to Keeping It Real with Warren Flax on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Warren Flax. And remember, I'll buy your house if it doesn't sell. Visit www.warrenhasthebuyers.com for details. A hey, great show tonight with Kathy Atkinson from Innovative Tax Solutions, Dawn Sharapoff from Green Tree Mortgage Company, and Tony Esposito from Platinum Realty Team, you know, discussing the 27 big tips to help get your home sold fast and for top dollar. I want to thank our show engineer, Frank Canal. Next week, we're going to get creative with financing so you can leverage more of your money into more real estate. That's next week and every Saturday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Keeping It Real with Warren Flax. I'm Warren Flax.